Welcome to the Catholic Brides Podcast. My name is Anne, and I would like to welcome you to my show. On this podcast, we will be talking about what it means to be a Catholic bride, how to prepare for marriage, and how to walk with your spouse towards heaven. I'm excited that you're here, and I invite you to grab your favorite drink, settle in, and let's have a heart-to-heart about what it means to be a Catholic bride in today's world. everybody and welcome back to the Catholic Brides podcast. Today I am joined by Angie Ross. Angie is the co-owner of the 31 for Artisan Jewelry, a small batch studio dedicated to handcrafting love stories in the language of jewelry. She's regularly refining gold, silver, and herself in the crucible over at 31 for Artisan Jewelry. She lives in Orlando, Florida with her husband and four kids. Welcome to the show, Angie. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. So excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to get to know a little bit more about you and about your story. So why don't we just start, I told our listeners a little bit about you, but why don't we just have you um, tell us a little bit about your life as a Catholic bride and we can just go from there. Okay, sounds good. Well, I guess I can still call myself a Catholic bride, but I technically wasn't one. I am a convert, (laughs) so uh, I have a a little of a different story there, Um, but, you know, obviously now I'm Catholic with my husband, and which really, thank God, that came from our marriage, um, which is fun just to see how God has really written that story um, into our lives. So yeah, so we actually celebrated 19 years this week of marriage. Oh, congratulations. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, live in Orlando with our four kids and just, you know, continue to, to grow together just, you know, through, through this work and through marriage, it's been a real blessing. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's interesting. I didn't realize you were a convert. Like so many of the, my guests that I have on the show are actually converts as well. And it's just interesting to see how God works through that. And then now you're here as a Catholic bride and that's super exciting. <laughs> yes. It's very funny because actually my husband converted well into marriage and um, quite honestly, I wanted nothing to do with it. I, you know, I kind of only knew what the media had put out about, you know, the Catholic church and I was like, they hate women. Why are you doing this? Uh, because my husband was actually an atheist when we got married, a, a pretty hardcore atheist. Um, and so it was, as you can imagine, a shock um, to walk mm-hmm. through that. But like I said, it's just been so fun to watch that unfold um, and just to see how that has been a part of our story, you know, kind of just even how it led us to the work we do. Um, but it, I mean, obviously it's transformed our lives, led to, mm-hmm. to a larger family, just, in, I don't know, I could go on. It's, it's been incredible. Do you mind if I ask what faith you were before you converted? No, I don't mind. So I would say I was agnostic. Um, I was, you know, thought Jesus sounded like a really great guy, liked his social teachings, but (laughs) that was probably about the the limit of my conviction on it. Um, And so just, just really had no faith upbringing. I I was baptized Methodist, but it was not raised in any kind of faith tradition. So yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. So it was a... (laughs) was quite a shock. We, we did our vows. We, um, actually if, this, if it's okay, if I just told it, it's a funny story. This just kind of shows you where God has led us. So when we were getting married, we wanted to get married outdoors and I found a spot and I called my husband and we've been together six years dating at this point. I said, I found a great spot, but you, there's no seats. You have to stand. He's like, well, we can't do that. It's going to be an hour. And I'm like, why would our wedding take an hour? And he's like, cause I'm Catholic. 
I'm like, we've been together six years. I'm pretty sure I would know that detail about you. Because again, you know, he was an atheist. So I called his dad, his dad, like, I don't know what he's talking about. Well, it turns out he had been baptized Catholic, but never finished his sacraments. And so um, I think that was just the Lord giving a little foreshadowing. Um, but yeah, by time our vows came, we, you know, we, we wanted to take a lot of the religious um, sort of, you know, pieces of it out. I mean, yeah, we, we've come a long way, <laughs> quite far away as you can see. So it's amazing that God just pursues us like that. And again, used our marriage, but yeah. So once he converted um, that, it took me a few years and then I had my own very profound conversion. And here we are, that's about 10 years ago now um, since I converted. Was there anything specific in the Catholic faith that you drew, that drew you to it? Well, that's, what's funny is once, so I, through a very secular source, actually, I came across story of a soul. Um, and I was really wrestling with this. I mean, I say it lighthearted now, but at the time it actually was really hard because I really did not understand what he, you know, what he was going through, how he could, because it was just so foreign to me and it was nothing that had been in our lives. So I was really struggling, but I came across story of a soul and it, I mean, it just completely just transformed my heart. So I literally just went and drove to RCI the next day um, and, and showed up in the class. But as I was going through it and really wrestling with this of like, how can this, you know, how can I really step into this faith again, that I really did think, you know, did not respect women, did, you know, just, I just had very negative ideas kind of from the media. And I came across the writings of um, St. John Paul II. And I was like, this is the most feminist thing I've ever read. What do you mean they hate women? This is the, you know, this is the most loving view of women I have encountered my whole life. So I think I would say the story of the soul was what started it, but then um, really diving into those teachings is what truly helped me have a fuller understanding and just to be completely all in from that point on. For sure. That's beautiful. And praise God that the Lord was able to use St. Therese to bring you to himself. That's awesome. So (laughs) thankful. I know. Awesome. Why don't we talk a little bit about what you do? Um, Because I know you do stuff with jewelry. Um, So why don't we just talk a little bit about how uh, your passion for that kind of started and what it's kind of grown into today? Yeah. So a little over three years ago, my husband and I went through consecration to marry together. Um, So my husband does come from a line of jewelers, um, third generation, but we were not active in that. He was a teacher at the time and I was a nonprofit. Um, But when we finished the consecration, or actually as we were nearing it, we wanted to get some kind of, you know, just something to sort of celebrate and honor it. And we really wanted jewelry. Just, you know, again, that's kind of a language that he always spoke. And Although there is definitely beautiful stuff out there, we couldn't find like an original design, particularly that we felt spoke to the consecration. And so as completely naive as we can be, we said, why don't we do that? (laughs) Had we known uh, kind of what we were walking into. So we started with designing a piece. Um, It's our Immaculate Heart of Mary. That's the first um, piece we ever made um, and our Crown of Mary line. You know, again, just to really try to translate just what we were experiencing through that consecration into a piece of jewelry. Um, And from there, as we were creating those pieces, we just felt more and more called. We actually had someone ask us to make some custom wedding rings. And when we did that, we were like, oh, this is, this is really where we feel called again, just because marriage, particularly sacramental marriage has played such a role in transforming our lives. It just was like that natural fit. So for the last couple of years, that's kind of what we've been focused on is 
you know, really trying to take this symbol, like everybody recognizes a wedding ring, right? And you even, you even know what it means if someone isn't wearing one. Um, that is what is so powerful about this symbol. And we're trying to use the history of art that is so present in the Catholic faith um, and, and make a deeper meaning and tie that to a sacramental. And so really have that wedding ring be more aligned with the concept of a sacramental. That's super cool. And I've never actually like thought, I mean, obviously jewelry is beautiful and there is like an art form to creating it, but I've never actually like thought of it as an art form and like being able to express things like the consecration to Mary through things that you put on a wedding band. Like that's super cool. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And it's funny because right. Most people don't, we think of it as like almost just really functional, but I have found if you ask people about their favorite pieces, there is always a story and jewelry really, it's an interesting kind of place of it is an intersection of like functionality, but art and story. And that's why we say we use the language of jewelry because it really is like people may have a locket that's been passed down right from grandma or, you know, a ring and, and it's special because of how it was bought or where, you know, it came from a certain city. I mean, people have all these stories wrapped up in their favorite pieces of jewelry. And we're like, this is such a powerful door, you know, to kind of walk through to, to be able to share about the meaning of marriage or the meaning of our faith. And, and we do, we kind of take it for granted. We put it on, but my guess is you've probably got something you're wearing, you know, that it's like, oh, but this, and it doesn't have to be fine jewelry, right? That's not the point. The point is it's a way that we adorn ourselves to communicate something out into the world. And so, yeah, there's a, a lot of opportunity, I think there. Mm, for sure. So when you're designing um, different things. Is there a process that you go through to when you're designing stuff? Yes. So, you know, it kind of depends. We do a lot of custom work. So that's, that's a big piece of what we do. And so, you know, it starts with the story. How did you meet, or, you know, if it's an engagement ring or, or the wedding set, how did you meet, um, you know, what, you know, what kind of verse stands out to you? Is there a, you know, patron saint you have, we just really try to understand, um, the couples that we're working with and just try to get to know their heart a little bit because we really do want this to be meaningful. You know, most of us wear our wedding rings every single day of our lives. Some of us will be buried in them, right? I mean, that's, again, that's just, it's, we don't take them off. So there, we want this to be deeply meaningful. We want the process itself to, again, be tied back to this sacrament, um, not just a quick purchase from a store and that's the end of it because this is what you're going to look at yourself. It's your own physical reminder every day. And it's the reminder out into the world. So um, from there, you know, we kind of pray through just what kind of um, symbolism there might be out there to put that on the ring or to tie in. So, so we're really big on, you know, finding deeper symbolism. We do use the art of lost wax casting in our studio. And that is how um, Bezel L actually crafted the rings that held the Ark of the Covenant back in Exodus. So that's our name, uh, 31.4, comes from Exodus 31.4. That's where Bezel L was gifted with the ability to craft in gold, silver, and bronze. So, um, you know, even the way that we create it, and when we do, we always ask our couples for their prayer intentions. Um, you know, what kind of prayer is going into the foundation of marriage? So again, just at every step, we're really trying to bring focus on the actual sacrament, what we are saying yes to, what we are walking into. It's more than um, just a pretty piece of jewelry. You know, we look around at the world, we have a creative God. So we really think the process of creation matters. Um, and we really want to bring that front and center for all of our couples to kind of pray through. So yeah, that's a little bit. And then when we're, you know, for lines that we kind of have that are maybe not custom, it's, it's very similar 
what message is in scripture about marriage? You know, what do we think God is telling us about marriage? I mean, Jesus came into a marriage, right? The Holy Trinity is communion. So we, there's just so much to unpack there in the teachings of the Catholic church in the Bible. Um, and I think that's one thing in particular about Catholicism that we really are the main holders, I think of, of this truth that the rest of the world maybe doesn't see. And I think we have a real call to share that we have such dignity of marriage and such a deep understanding of what it means um, and an ability to share that, that we really want to highlight that and share that out into the world. We want to inspire other people to think more deeply about it's more than a contract, right? It's more than legal benefits. Um, it is really a deep union of two people that transforms them and prepares them for heaven. And so we're always looking at how can we bring designs that bring people to that and bring their gaze to God and to heaven. That's really beautiful because it, when you think about other kinds of art and sacred art, it's all about bringing us towards heaven and shifting our gaze towards heaven. And I've never like thought about that in context of designing a wedding ring, but that's so, like, because a wedding ring is such a physical reminder of the union that you have, that makes so much sense. Um, but it's just nothing I've never thought of before. And that's really cool. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Um, we love it. We love getting to hear. It's just such a, an honor and it's such sacred ground to just, uh, to just the, the prayer intentions we get in the heart that people are going into. And again, it's, yeah, it's, it's so, I mean, it is so easy to get caught up in the details of wedding planning, right? There is so, I mean, I remember it's been almost 20 years and I still remember <laughs> all the stress and just details. And, you know, we just love this chance to just pull back and say, right, like this, the flowers will fade, right? Like you'll pack, you'll either get rid of the dress, you'll pack it up. Yeah. You know, whatever you save it for later, but the ring, you're going to wear this every single day. And we want you to look down at your hand and be reminded of, of the depth of what you said yes to, because let's be real. Like some days in marriage are very challenging because we are being transformed through it. And we are being called to love in a way we've never, ever been asked to in our lives, right? Like a love that is so deep. We're being called to self-sacrifice um, and we're being called to receive love, which for, for some of us, that's hard too. And so it is this complete rendering of our heart um, and this complete sanctifying of our heart. We want to be sure we've got some kind of, you know, we're, we're helping our little part of creating some kind of physical reminder of like that carry that with you. Remember what you said yes to go back to your vows, go back to the sacrament, receive the grace that God is saying he gives us in the sacrament. For sure. So I was just curious, a lot of the time, at least with people I've known, and I'm sure this is popular with everybody, but the guy is the one that goes and buys the engagement ring. So how does this process work if only the guy is buying the engagement ring and the engagement ring is part of the wedding band. Yeah, that that's a great question. Um, it is. Yes. So I love working with engagement rings. It's so much fun. Oh, the thought that these men are bringing and the love it is just, it's so inspiring. Um, so they, I, we just, we, we just, I don't know people we work with are the absolute best. So um, they bring such good ideas. This, the process is similar in the sense of, again, right. What, you know, oh yeah, sorry. I feel like they just, they will send us songs. They will send us pictures, inspiration. So we will work with them a lot of times in that case. Um, they will come back once they're engaged as a couple, because mm -hmm. to your point, you know, often we're, you know, we're not doing a sort of 
standard off the shelf approach for the most part, you know, I mean, certainly never in custom. So they will usually come together. Um, one thing that's kind of cool that we like to do as well is we'll usually save a piece of the metal from that engagement ring. So whenever you cast and pull, there's always a little bit left over. Just that's just kind of a technical concept of, of how we have to cast. So we'll usually, we'll always save a little bit of gold from the engagement ring so that it can be a part of those wedding rings as well. Um, so usually, yeah, like they'll just come back together and we'll walk through, okay, here's what went into creating your engagement ring, which of course, usually the, you know, um, the fiance knows by then, and she kind of always loves that story, but then she gets to walk into that process as well. Um, and, you know, what do you want to add? A lot of times she, um, she'll work on the, the husband's ring, which is really fun. And she gets to have that same experience of sharing her heart for him. It's just, it is such a joy. I can't even tell you. It's such an honor to just have that small part um, in their marriage journey. It's really beautiful. For sure. So I know a lot of the people that might be listening to the show might be wondering how much more expensive it might be to get a custom ring because I know jewelry in and of itself especially wedding bands can be quite expensive um, but is it that much more to get a custom band because obviously it's going to be something like you said that's going to be with you the rest of your life um, but the investment is worth it so I was just curious what the different price point might be there. Yeah, I'm so glad you asked because yes, let's be real. That's that's always a question for people, right? <laughs> it's a great concept, but you know, there has to be a practicality. Um, we work really, really hard to work with any budget that we can. Um, I mean, obviously there so when we talk about jewelry, I think something important to know is precious metal, it's it has its own inherent value in the sense that it's like it's traded on the stock market, right? And so there is a certain element there that we don't control much on price. Um, but we work really hard to get creative of, you know, how thick is the band or, you know, how much design times, if we're doing custom, how can we really work, you know, with our couples to create something in their price point? So I know that sounds like a vague answer, but they're really, we don't have a set price where we say, this is what it costs. Um, this is work that we love to do for us. Like it's an apostolate too. So it's, you know, we are really looking to work with couples the best way we can, um, is it more expensive than walking into a local retail store? Quite honestly, yes. Sometimes it is. Often it is. Um, we have some, so we have a set that we um, create called our one wedding bands. Those are plain bands um, that we cast them into one flask together and we leave a small reminder or they can take that off. It, it's up to the couple. Um, that is that is more close in price to what you might find at a local retail store. So we're still trying to give couples the meaning. It is still custom made because they're only cast together on one flask, um, you know, but anything with designs, you're going to have a little bit more complicated casting process. I think what's always important to think about when we talk about price, um, and this is not just jewelry, this is anything, is where does the savings come from? Um, it's beyond that it's just an investment, but knowing that metal um, does have its set price point and, and kind of fluctuates versus the market. If there's very, very, very cheap or affordable wedding bands, um, that's usually coming out of labor. And so, and I understand, I, like I have to make purchases. I have four kids, like <laughs> to save money too. So I'm not kind of going on a soapbox, but I do think it's important, particularly as Catholics, that we do our best to be mindful about the dignity of work. Um, and how we use our purchases. So I would say we want to be mindful uh, and prudent, but also be thoughtful about where savings has come from. But that's a long answer. The short answer is we work very hard to be 
very comparable to retail, but yes, we're typically, we're not going to be like, we're more expensive than Amazon. <laughs> How about it that way? So we work to be with your standard jewelry store, but, you know, certainly more because of the design and um, because we make everything by hand in our own studio, there is a labor cost. That makes sense because if you're going to be buying any other piece of art and you, if you want a custom piece, it's obviously going to be much more expensive than a print that you would get somewhere else. Um, but yeah, that's super cool though, that like your mission and your apostolate of being able to use art and use beauty to draw people in to a deeper meaning. And so many people, like, it's not bad to have just a basic wedding band from any other like retail store. I mean, I have one that's just a normal band from a retail store, but just like the work that you're doing in order to bring more beauty and more meaning into people's wedding bands, I think is really beautiful. Thank you. Yes. I, and yes, let me be clear. I most certainly do not think it's bad to have a, a you know, a, a standard wedding band and, and yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't ever want to put that out. Um, but for our part, yes, our hope is just to start a conversation um, about even just, just when you buy it, are there more prayerful ways that if that is the route you take that you might walk through that process? Just, you know, how can, how can that piece of it be prayerful and focused on the sacrament as well? And I think it's important to find a piece that represents you as a person as well. Um, because obviously you're going to be wearing it the rest of your life. And even if you are in a retail store to look for something that you like and represents you as an, a person, I think is super important. Yes, I totally agree. I think where it can be kind of tied to your unique story as, as, as individuals, as a couple is just another great way to, you know, it, that could be through engraving. I mean, there's lots of ways you can do that. And how do you, yeah, again, how do you just take care with this visible symbol, I think is a great opportunity to reflect and meditate on the marriage that you're walking into. Mm -hmm. For sure. So just shifting gears just a little bit here. I know you've been married for 19 years now. What is your number one piece of advice that you would give to young brides just starting off in their married journey? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, you know, I think I would just say that first and foremost, to be rooted in the love of God. Um, you know, I think the work of marriage that I've experienced in my 19 years is, is just making sure that that's the source of all of my love and that from, from there I can overflow because a temptation. And I, I think especially in today, just the kind of cultural message is to look to your spouse as your source of happiness um, mm -hmm. and to want them to, to perform a certain way. And, and that's really, it takes away from their dignity, right? It is our job to love ourselves so we can overflow. And again, that comes from God, right? We love ourselves because we see our dignity in God. Um, and it's our job to love them. It's not their job to perform or to change or to not annoy us. Um, it's their job to love themselves too. So I think that's been just the biggest journey. And it is so much more joyful when, you know, when you really can embrace the fullness of yourself and of your spouse and really see the beauty of these two individual people, um, and then also be building a life together. Um, and so, yeah, uh, probably that. That's awesome. And a really good reminder of I think that a lot of people fall into not really, not really the trap, but kind of the trap of thinking that your husband should provide um, 
not joy, but provide that sense of um, fulfillment and should be performing the way that you think that they should be performing. But like you said, like remembering that working on yourself first and loving God and then loving your spouse as they are is really important and a really good reminder. It really is. And it's, you know, I think if we're so busy changing our spouses, we really can miss the beauty and the depth that God has placed, right? Like God knit your spouse in the womb and knows every hair on their head. And, and I think if we're so busy being like, oh, but that really annoys me when he does this, <laughs> it's like, we just don't see that depth and complexity. And so um, I think, you know, staying in the wonder of God and, and just trying so hard to look at your spouse with the eyes of God of like, God loves this person so deeply. And I want to, I want to see my spouse as close to the, you know, with that same pair of eyes as I possibly can, um, in this lifetime, in this marriage. For sure. So one final question I have for you as we're kind of wrapping up that I asked everybody that comes on the show is what is your favorite Bible verse or passage and why? So my favorite, um, Bible, I have so many, so this is a little tough because it kind of depends <laughs> on the season, right? Like it, where I'm at, um, I might, but I, I think one that is constantly enduring is, um, Philippians four, eight, and that is, is it okay if I read it real quick? Yep. Go ahead. Okay, great. So finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And I love this one because there's, there's no aspect of life. I have not found that this does not change everything. And I think particularly in marriage, again, kind of going back to where you're just saying it, it can be so easy to fall into criticism or negativity or to look for what's wrong. And I think Paul has given us such incredible practical advice here of what can you focus on that is of God? What can you focus on that is of excellence? And that just every single time I do that, it changes everything, right? As soon as I focus on the good, and that's not about Pollyanna kind of, you know, ignoring it. It's more about going to the source of that excellence of God and using those eyes. And um, I always find that again, in, in every aspect of life is just great advice and very practical and helpful. That is a beautiful verse. And I really love that one as well. It's a, such a good reminder to like, think about the things of God and just focus our energy and our time on that. Yes, I think that is the way to peace. For sure. Thank you so much, Angie, for coming on the show today. If people want to find you online, where can they best do that? Yes, so we are at 314, and that is basically the words all spelled out. So the word 30, the word one, the word four.com, or all of our social handles are at 314. Perfect. And I will link those in the description of this podcast. So if anybody wants to contact Angie or check out any of her beautiful work, you can definitely just click on those links and they will take you right there. Well, thank you so much, Angie. It's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. And thank you everybody for tuning in and I will see you again on the next episode. God bless you. listening to the Catholic Brides podcast. If you enjoyed this content, I invite you to subscribe to the podcast. If you would like to get in touch with me, I invite you to either message me on Instagram or send me an email at catholicbrides at gmail.com. I look forward to having you join me again, and I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Thank you so much and have a wonderful and blessed day.